0: Running with Jake, the podcast. on this episode. Let's talk about yo-yo dieting. You know, people say, oh, yo-yo dieting, you shouldn't go on and off diets. I think, well, actually, I'm quite the opposite. I think you should. Running with Jake, the
1: podcast, Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe.
2: So, it's Groundhog Day, again. And I guess that must mean we have another three months of lockdown ladies we've got to mention it we have to mention it we can't ignore the fact it's like the elephant in the room we all have this giant elephant in the room what is going on look I don't
1: want to mention it, I don't want to talk about it. I'm a very simple human being and for me denial is the easiest thing to the point where when our Prime Minister Boris came on the TV last night, we're recording this on Tuesday the 5th of January, when he came on the TV last night to do his address at 8 o'clock, I didn't even watch it and I let my wife watch it and I'll let her tell me what I can and can't do, which is generally what she does anyway in life. There's
2: no change there, Peter. There is no (laughs) change there. There's no change. This is lockdown three. It's like the worst trilogy in history we have to roll our sleeves up we have to do everything we can, Pete, to motivate people today. We're, we're going next level, baby. Next know, yeah. level. Do you know, I, honestly, I didn't sleep last night. I've been a little bit wired these past few days. Martina says I'm like a small child. She says, look, you're going to burn out by Wednesday at about 3pm if you're not careful. <laughs> and then she disappears off to work to save the animal world. I, I said, look, it's true, it's true. But last night I was lying there thinking of all these ideas and running and training and how we can motivate people in the podcast. And then I was thinking, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. What are you going to do, Jake? What are you going to do? It hit me this morning. Do you know what I'm doing? Tell me. I'm so excited about this. I did a live video on Facebook this morning. So if you uh, if you don't follow me on Facebook, go and search for Running With Jake. Uh, and I did a live video basically announcing that I am bringing back my bulletproof live workouts. Okay. These these are awesome. Now, some of you listening to the show might remember that back in the first lockdown, which seems like an age ago, I felt I wanted to do something to help people. Obviously, a lot of people that were perhaps members of gyms, gyms were closed, they were losing motivation, no races and events to take part in. I thought, I've got to do something. So I created these 30-minute workouts, a warm-up, main part of the session, and a cool-down, live on Facebook, so you work out with me. We're all together, all levels of ability. I showed people how to make the exercises more difficult, more challenging, and how to scale them back as well. So it's for everybody. Mm. Just super fun man just change people's energy get them moving and that's what it was all about and it was ace and i did that all through the first lockdown and i said you know we might do this again and and, and loads of people got involved and stuff like that really supportive and i thought i've got to bring this back man so that's it uh, if you listen to this and you fancy getting involved in a bit of a workout with me a live workout through lockdown through lockdown three every saturday at 11 a.m and that's on the running with jake page we're gonna have some fun now last year we did Unfortunately, we're doing it outside in the garden we had a beautiful summer we might be outside in our fleece and our <laughs> jogging bottoms but it doesn't matter whether you're in the kitchen you're in the lounge you're outside i don't care i just want you there getting involved and we're going to change your energy are you up for it P? do you fancy that a bit of a bulletproof live workout Do you know what i'll give it a go bulletproof live absolutely
1: saturday 11 o'clock i mean what else am i going to be doing what else, what, what am i going to be doing What more? nothing nothing so i may as well do that and what's more what i do like is uh, this workout makes joe wicks look rubbish joe who Joe? exactly? Who? Joe, Who's what? Joe? What? What? With the, what? Hey, what? Anyway, do you know what I mean? It's going to be great. And what are you doing during lockdown three, by the way, um, as far as your hair is concerned? Because I know during lockdown one, you just went, zzzm, took it all off. Do you know what? I didn't actually even think. About that. Well, you need to think about it because if you're doing the bulletproof workout, you need to have suitable hair. So if I pull up
2: the calendar here, well, I've got a haircut booked with Alistair at 2 30 on Thursday. So it's Tuesday as we record this now at 10 o'clock, just coming up to, and I've got a, yeah, I've got a haircut. I'm pretty certain that's cancelled. That's definitely cancelled. <laughs> so yeah. I won't be having a haircut with Alistair yeah. on Thursday. I, do you know, I've not even thought about this. Alistair, mate, you will be sitting at home doing nothing at 11 o'clock on Thursday. Well, interestingly, do you know what Martina bought me for Christmas? Not a razor. I've wanted one for ages. She's bought me... It's, well, I had a beard trimmer anyway, but I'm a bit fussy. I like to sort of, you know, detail and keep it tidy and all that stuff. And uh, she, she bought me a new one, like rechargeable, because the one I had, like the battery was dying and you couldn't use it in the shower and it wasn't waterproof. And it, it was like just on its last leg. So Who she, shaves their face in the shower? No, there's a system here. The the water's not on, but I get the little portable mirror. I mean, this is a great show for you today, by the way. Uh, I get get the little portable mirror, I I hook it over the shower head, and then I get in the shower. I mean, I'm naked, and I've got, obviously, the beard trimmer. The image this is creating, what?! Yeah, but I just I just shave because then obviously all the hair goes goes into the shower and then I can get out the shower, leave the razor, turn the shower. You know, you get the score. I do. So yeah, she bought yeah. me this really swanky beard trim and it's awesome. I don't know if I'm going to be able to use it on my head though. That's the only thing is what? I'm not sure. Oh ah, right. Well, it's a beard trim. Mind you, I've used it on my balls and that wasn't a
0: problem. <laughs>
1: Now all of a sudden that image of you naked in the shower having a shave you 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 are fully smooth honestly that I don't know where the image came from and it's there and I just can't unsee it I do it. Apolo- apologize profusely <laughs> At least by getting in the shower and shaving your entire body, it turns out, um, you uh, are showing courtesy to your fellow uh, house people, whereas what I do is I I do it over the bowl and I get beard stuff everywhere and it drives people (laughs) insane and repulses people. And then what I do is I cut my toenails in the bath and leave bits of toenails around. So that creates a bit of an issue as well.
2: This is definitely going from bad to worse, and I don't know who to blame. Who's at fault here, you or me? Look, let's, let's move on from the whole hair thing. I have no okay. idea, but I what I do know is we have a fantastic show lined up for you today. We have an incredible guest on. I'm I'm so happy to have this guy on. I wanted to ask you actually, Pete. Is it what constitutes a special guest? Is it a special guest today? I, don't, I mean, what what makes a guest special? I I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'd say, that, um, I'd say that any guest who stops us talking about um, bodily hair is quite special in that they're changing the subject, which is great. But I think most of the guests we have on are special because they are the person we're talking to and they're like our special guest, aren't they? We'll do anything to make them happy and, and, we'll, and we'll chat about their stuff.
2: Yeah, I see your point, actually. I do, I do get that. All of our guests are very special, but I think today's guest is particularly special. So why is today's guest that special? Well, he did give me a massage in Amsterdam once. (laughs) Right. True story. True story. Don't blame me. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast.
1: Running with Jake, the podcast.
2: Today's guest is a personal trainer. He's a fitness expert and the only man to have given me a massage in a hostel in Amsterdam. (laughs) Hold <laughs> <All> true. <laughs> Oh, man. Look, we, we're very honest on the show. I tell people everything, warts and all, man. We don't hide anything, and it's great to have you on the show, Mob. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thanks.
0: But you did remind me of that, and I didn't take payment for that service either, so I'll invoice you after. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll, look, I'll look forward to receiving that. I, 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 honestly, I felt loads better for it, to be honest. It was it was a compliment. I'm not criticising you. It was the best massage in Amsterdam that I've ever had. <laughs> but moving swiftly
1: on... Do you know what ever personal trainers get
2: up to on tour stays on tour you know the way it works (laughs) this is very true how's christmas been for you dude are you well are you still eating the leftovers from last week
0: what are you working your way through what's going on no okay i mean i got rid of it all quite quick i've probably the most behaved i've ever been this year i normally do that thing where uh, you know let's talk about yo-yo dieting you know people say oh yo-yo dieting you shouldn't go on and off diets i think well actually I'm, i'm quite the opposite i think you should it's seasonal. If you think of a professional athlete, so in deep straight away, you would ask about Christmas leftovers. But this come is come on, man, let's <laughs> go. I'm just being you, honest.
2: Let's motivate people's socks off today. You jump in deep, baby. It's totally normal
0: because if you think of any sport, it's not 24/7, 365. You know, if, it doesn't matter if it's football, running away, but it's, it's seasonal. It's it's in season, it's out of season, and you know. I know we start at the top, and we're going to work our way back. Because I'm not an athlete by a long shot. You're you definitely are, but. If you think of a footballer or anybody, an Olympic athlete, there's an on-season and off-season, there's a pre-training, there's a post-training or or event or competition. Isn't that yo-yo dieting? It's on, it's off, it's change. I think it's totally normal. And if you train all year round and you don't then have a period where you eat the things that you like, surely, I know that there's, there's a fine balance here and a lot of people don't strike that balance, but... Diet, nutrition and training is all a balancing act. And if you don't have the yin and the yang, it just won't work. I want a mince pie. I'm having one. That's it. I'll deal with the consequences after. I think that's that's the key, isn't it? People don't deal with the consequences. They just keep eating them. But I think, you know, when I get to Christmas and New Year, that's my time. Because I spend, you know, all the time. When it's sunny, a bit like yourself, I love getting outside. So I actually trade more in the summer. Not because I'm going on a beach holiday, but because I just like outside, so I just think when it gets to Christmas, I'm inside. So I'm going to have a little drink of whatever I want and have a little eat of whatever I like. I don't go mad. But then I think it's a bit more of a challenge then when you get to the new year. You know, you've got something to work towards. So I've eaten all the leftovers. There wasn't many, if I'm honest. <laughs> Not no, <at> this much. <laughs>
2: That's a great point. I'm going to send you some mince pies anyway, Marv, so you can. I'll keep you a mince pies for the for the duration of 2021. That's my promise to you. Do you know? I love this way of thinking
1: because we are. I think we're pre-programmed to to hear because we've heard it so many times that yo-yo dieting is bad, and and so you know, as a yo-yo dieter, all of a sudden, Marv said, "Yeah, go yo-yo diet. This is this is a great guest. I'm so glad you lined him up, Jake. I'll be honest.
2: You sounded a little bit like Inspector Gadget there, Pete, but I like it. It Worked for me. I, I think you're right, <laughs> Marvin. Do, do you know with the whole taking something from elite athletes? Athletes, and neither of us are. But we're people that want to look after ourselves. We want to inspire, motivate others, help others to feel good. That's what it's ultimately about, isn't it? Looking after physical and mental health. But you look at the elite athletes, and they have the downtime, and it's proper downtime. They they they're they're on, and then and then they're off, and they get that balance right. Ride the highs and ride the lows. Do you think that's a common mistake that people make? Then they don't have that balance.
0: It's because we look at social media and we look at influencers, and we only see what they're doing at the top of the game. We never see what they're doing at home or in the recovering. We never see that. And that's, I think that's another type of mental health. You know, it's the overtraining, you know. I was speaking to a very, you know, well, the biggest mental health charity I've been working with for the last year. And um, they wanted to talk to me about people, uh, mental health issues going to gyms. And I said, I'm really sorry. I'm sitting there with a board of directors. Said, I'm really sorry, but uh, I think we've got the wrong end of the stick here. I want to talk about the people that go to the gym with mental health problems. Because the people that don't come to the gym, don't come to the gym. So I know I can influence them eventually, but I need to get them in the door to start with. And the problem I've got is there are people queuing at the door when the door's unlocked in the morning. And if they don't go every single day and train as hard as possible every single time, then they think that they're not going to hit the goals. That's a mental health issue as well. So you've got two ends of the equation. <clears throat> you've got the people that don't train and the people that overtrain. And when you look at these professional athletes, we only, only ever see them performing at a high level. But realistically, they don't do that every day of the week. You know, I, I have this all the time with a lot of personal trainers I talk to and help with their businesses or whatever they're doing a bit of when I talk to them. And I say to them, why are you recommending people do high-intensity interval training three, four times a week? And they're like, well, that's what it is. You know, that's how you burn fat. And I said, wait a minute, no one's told you that. Well, you've taken what you've wanted to hear from science because there has been some favourable science that says high-intensity interval training does work. And it will have a positive effect on body fat, if everything else is in place as well, you know, so does eating salad. But what I'm trying to say to you is, if you take any sport, they have their game day. So they, that's their high intensity. That's their highest intensity day. They don't then go back to the training ground the next day and work at the same level of intensity. They have off days and reco- recovery days. A bit like running. You know, you don't, you don't run 26 miles every single day if you want to run a marathon. It's impossible. You're You're overtraining. That's a mental health issue as well. Overtraining.
2: You talk about you know being on or being off and getting that balance right, and and I think that is so important. I've seen that a lot over the years that I've been a personal trainer. It's not something I do a huge amount of at the moment today because I'm I'm coaching people predominantly with running, but I've seen people before where they almost in the gym, whether it's my clients or just members of a gym, for example, they don't really give themselves the rest time even between the exercises. They just want to keep going and keep pushing. And because they're not giving themselves the rest time, when it comes round to actually doing the exercise, they're not working as hard as they could and getting the benefits they could. So we're talking really, we've not used that word, but we're talking almost dipping our toe in the water of obsession here, aren't we, where people are probably pushing too much and becoming addicted. Here's a question for you. Have you ever, in your years of training, looking after yourself and talking personally now, have you ever fallen into that
0: yeah of course I did yeah in in early 20s I mean I'd I'd came out of my teenage years where I was you know overweight and you know when I was at school I was under the consultation of of a doctor at the hospital Uh, every Tuesday I had to go and submit a food diary and and talk about my weight and that's generally how I started my journey not many people know that because the people I went to school with didn't know you know every Tuesday I disappeared and no one knew where I went not one person for five years ever asked me and it I was so tight-lipped um, because I was going to see the, the school nurse and a consultant about my health. So when I left school, it was a natural thing to fall into health and fitness. So, how, you know, get a lot of personal trainers say, Oh, I did this because I want to help people and I want to change their lives. I am like nah, I was just saving my own. Let's be honest. I was just doing it for myself. That's why I've learned all this stuff. Um, but then when I got to my 20s, I was running faster than ever before. You know, I was running 100 meters in just short of 12 seconds. And I couldn't even run 100 metres five years before that. I went in goal when I played football growing up because I was just the biggest person in, on the field and I couldn't run, so I just blocked most of the goal, if I'm totally honest with you. But when I got to 20, <laughs> who was? It's the law of averages. less space to put the ball. Um, so when I got to my 20s and I'd learned all this great stuff about training and I was just buzzing, you know, I was teaching classes every day, I was going running, I was doing things I've never done before... Um, I naturally fell into that overtraining but when you're in your 20s you don't think you don't think of (coughs) your older ages no one ever does but I can tell you now the quality of our training now is much better than it was and it's different to everybody else I'll always say I wish I knew you know what I knew now then because what could I have done it's unbelievable but you know I did you know quite achieved quite a lot in my 20s.
2: I, I can really relate to that actually because when I first found fitness when I was at college getting into the the gym, and, and typically then as a young guy, it was about weights and wanting to look good, and it was about biceps, and that was my focus. It was really aesthetics driven predominantly. I look back and I think I overtrained, I trained way too much. And if I was telling Jake of old, you know, or young Jake, rather, and say, Look, th- just back off a bit. You don't need to be doing three-hour gym sessions and then going again the following day and, and you know, putting all this focus on protein and shakes and supplements and things like that. But you, you you learn with knowledge, don't you? And that's why it takes people like yourself to to kind of take that experience that is firsthand and very raw for you. You feel passionate about it and put it out there so other people don't make the same mistakes. You, you talk about growing up and I really appreciate your honesty. We're, we're obviously friends, Marv. We didn't speak about this before we, we got you on the show. I knew you would Just be the perfect guest for us on 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 the Running with Jake podcast, and we didn't talk about the fact that we were going to get into a a little bit of sort of how you grew up and your experience growing up, and are there things that have stayed with you? If if you're happy for me to go there with you, are there things that through your experience as a child, seeing the nurse on a weekly basis and food diaries, do you think there's things that have stayed with you? Have you carried things? into today
0: the stuff that you can't shake off my body's still sensitive to foods like it was uh, and a prime example of that would be you know in a in a week and a half i can put on over a stone but i can also take off wow yeah and it put it this way and this this happened as well when i was growing up i could the, the clothes that i wear to go on holiday and i don't wear to come home in because i can't fit in them it's extreme you know, I can go from a medium T-shirt to an extra large. I can go from um, 34 trousers to 38 very quickly because I hold a lot of my size in my thighs. And anyone that's got big thighs knows, especially people that do a lot of running, I suppose if some of the guys that I know that do, I mean, a lot of people run to get lean legs, but my my legs put on muscle very quickly and they're very like little barrels. I've got 29-inch Thighs, each of them. Which, when I was at college and we we learnt about you know body measurements, my thighs were bigger than everyone else in the classes. One one of my thighs was bigger than everyone else's waist. You know, so these things like that. So I'm very sensitive to food, and I don't tolerate food that great. So if I have too much of something, then I know where the, where the problems lie. I know the foods that I'm more sensitive to as well. Um, I know it digestively. I know I can like I said, I can see I can see and feel the differences quite quickly on me. Um, so there's quite fine margins. But going back into like, yeah, what are you carrying into it? It's almost like a scar. It is a mental scar as well as a physical one. So, <clears throat> yeah, you have your relationship with food and with exercise. You know, if I don't exercise for two or three days, I get I get unbelievably grumpy. Um, so I need that because it is as much a physical release as it is a mental release. And for me, I have to go outside. I have to get the, the air and I have to be on my own as well because... Growing up and exercise, I've always been on my own. I've never had a training buddy in the gym or anything like that. I never have. So I've always had to have self-motivation. And it's just that. So that kind of thing stuck with me.
2: With so many gyms not able to open at the moment, it's even more important, isn't it, to kind of focus on that that wellness. You talk about the kind of social element and being around people. Well, that's not going to be so easy for, for people, is it? Do you do you have a focus now looking, in, looking across this year? Is your focus more towards performance with things that you want to achieve or is there a greater focus on your mental well-being or do you sit somewhere in the middle
0: it's definitely both because I like I said I exercise for both reasons um my wedding was cancelled in lockdown which again not many people knew about because it was it was a kind of a small gathering of family members but it was in Spain so we had all kind of issues so it's rescheduled for this year in June um so the focus will be on that it's kind of a Again, just trying to feel and look your best for that day. I mean, I don't want to, it's not a stage walk and I'm, kind of, I'm not a bodybuilder by, by a long stretch, but you still want On your wedding day, you know, you want to look the best you can. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my focus. I don't, um, I haven't entered anything like competition for a while, but I've always in personal training always recommended that people have a goal, um, whether it be a 5k or, or just like a, an obstacle event or something because going back to that mental point point to link them together, if you don't have a goal, then you, you can easily get demotivated or switch off. And there's just no personal challenge. And we're, we're all creatures of, whether we like it or not, we don't you know, enter a, a, you know, a race thinking I'm going to win, but you definitely go into a race versus yourself thinking I'm going to do the best I can and I want to be satisfied at the end. I, I think it's
2: really interesting what you've just said there, because I wanted to ask you about this. It's something that I've always thought about, again, as a, as a personal trainer over the years. Where do you sit in terms of variety versus function? So I'll explain what I mean by this. So I think there's a lot of people when they first start training, exercising, running, in a gym, wanting to lose weight, whatever, they know what they want to achieve and hopefully they know why they want to achieve it. But how they achieve it, they want to have a reasonable amount of ownership over, I think. They want it to be fun. They want it to be creative. They want it to be interesting. Hence why I think a lot of people might do in a gym an hour session and they'll do 10 minutes on the cross trainer, 10 minutes on the stepper, 10 minutes on the bike, same level. They do it every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, kind of the same thing we know that variety is important to stimulate the mind and for the body but actually there's also an element of keeping it really simple and I know this is something that's really important to you that you really believe in rather than trying to overcomplicate fitness what do you think are the considerations when it comes to variety versus function. So if somebody just does the same, virtually the same thing all the time, it's relatively boring, but if they're increasing the intensity week on week, they're going to make progress, right?
0: All of this is a massive depending factor on what you're trying to achieve. If it's someone that's never been to a gym in their life, we're trying to achieve going to the gym frequently. So it's a habit. It's a habit change we're looking for. In those first 30 days or when you first start a train programme, what is the most important thing? Regularity. I like people to try things that they don't normally do. You know, if you if you do a workout at home on TV and you go to the gym and do exactly the same workout, you've just got the same thing in a different room. You know, I, I like people to learn different things. And I like to do, I used the word yin and yang earlier on, you have to try the things that maybe you have never done before or you may not like, you know, quite frequently. And, and running running to make it more, you know, relative to this chat is probably the one where... We have to, people, it's a chicken and, chicken and an egg situation of, do I do weights or do I go running? Because you've got to take what you want and to get what, to what you need. And you've got to mix the two all the way around. You take what you need to get what you want. That's the way you've got to be strong enough to run, but you want to be fit enough to do it in the first place. So I think that's where you talk about like, when you talk about function, it's specific to the thing you're doing. If you're going running, you have to go running. But there's also got to be enough variety. Again, like you said, you've on. it's got to stimulate the brain. If you said to me, Marvin, I want to run half marathon in, a, in an hour and a half, or I'm entering a marathon, or I'm doing an Ironman, or whatever it is that you want to do, if you have a specific outcome, then what we'd do is we'd put that in the calendar, would work, we'd, we'd work it backwards. How long have we got? What are the challenges we have? Let's let's lay it all out in a timeline and we can work towards it. We won't expect you to be doing what you're doing at the end, at the beginning. It's too many people doing all sorts of things all the time. There has to be a time where someone says, well, great, you've got your threshold, your fundamental level of fitness, you know, your, your physical in fit, you've, you've got some relative amount of flexibility, you've had a go on the weights, you've done a bit on the cross train, you've done that, right? When does it become more specific? That's the conversation people don't have. They go to the gym for five years and never get help.
2: It's so easy to to get into something, but actually to keep into something is much harder. You know, there's so many people listening to this and people that aren't listening to this that have made these New Year's resolutions that are uh, fitness related. And I'm all for that, by the way. I'm not somebody that poo-poos fit, uh, New Year's resolutions, of course. I mean, what a what a great time to make some positive changes in your life looking ahead to a new year. But I think it's it's staying on track and that accountability. Now, you've mentioned a few times um, since we've been speaking about being experts or, you know, you've sort of referred to me as, as sort of the top of my game running-wise on a recreational level and yourself, people listen to this, you're a personal trainer we all have those moments where we don't feel up for it don't we you and i i know go yep. through those periods where we just can't be bothered to train or yes we overcome those hopefully but we do have those issues as well we do have those moments how do you overcome those times where you're not feeling like it do you just give in and say stuff it or do you have certain kind of tools i suppose in your toolbox to get you out there
0: i actually just give up i tell you why I'd rather, like we said earlier on about doing exercise and people don't have breaks and the intensity and the quality is reduced, trying to force yourself to do something that you're not up to will only make you You'll think, God, I've put all that time in and I've got nothing out of it because I didn't run as quick as I could or I didn't do as much as I I wanted to. If you're not in the right place to do it, first question is why aren't you? Is it because you've not slept right? Is it because you've eaten something you shouldn't have done yesterday or your diet's not been on point, wherever it's going to be? I remember when I was training for a marathon, there were days where on your planner, it says you run 16 miles. It's windy, it's raining, it's icy, whatever it is. And I just look outside and so I just think, today's not, I'm up for it. Or, or I did it, I literally did it last week. I went running and I was going for six miles. As soon as I got out the door, I went to the bottom of the street. I thought, this ain't happening. It just ain't happening. Abandon it. Pull the plug, go and do something else. Because you're only going to do an awful bad session. And it doesn't make you mentally weak by doing that. You just put in your time and effort into something more efficient because there's there's got to be a level of effectiveness. There's not enough time in the week to keep doing bad workouts. Pull the plug on it, reflect on why, do something different. That's that would be my advice.
2: So for people like you, and there's lots of people listening to this show that are out there running a lot, if they have feelings where they're like, I'm not up for it today, get to the end of the road like you did, and they pull the plug on it, great. But you know, if it's somebody that actually is just they're just struggling to get going and they're finding themselves not taking action far more than they are taking action do you think it's more of a, a kick up the backside and a word with themselves that, that they need to have or what I mean surely if they're just giving up all the time there's got to be a balance
0: with all it's, it's like anything you know if you're the old analogy of pushing a, pushing a boulder you know it's hard to get it started but once it's going momentum's there you know if you've got the passion and the motivation it will keep running no problem you can start and stop when you like but you just don't know how to get it started you know there's nothing wrong with with getting a coach for a small period of time, you don't have to have it forever. I've had people before that have just gone, can you just give me 30 days and just get me, get me to the end of it and, you know, get me to a better place with it? Or, you know, can we have a, a coaching call once a week for the, just for two weeks to see how it goes? You know, it's just like, like anything, like buying a car, you have a test drive first. I wouldn't expect somebody to just dive into personal training with me if they've never experienced me and what I do. So I think that people might just need that, or it might be they need a friend to train with you know someone someone local to you convenience is a lot of this jake and that's the that's one of the biggest barriers to fitness you know you've not got a gym at the end of your street or time to go and all this people just don't do it
2: i think you've hit the nail on the head marv a great example of of fitness needing to be convenient and people's barriers such as time pete we spoke before we had uh, before we got marv on the show today and, and you were saying to me oh man i just so busy i just need to get out there for a run i haven't been out for a run since what was it boxy day or something like that yeah, it was Boxing Day, or
1: maybe the day after Boxing Day, and I'd got a route planned out. And um, uh, and what you just said there, Marv, you kind of made me feel less bad about it because I got to the end of the road and I thought, actually, I'm cutting the route down. I'm going to take that extra loop out of it that I've put in it recently. And you know, I'm I'm only running a few miles, but I'm going. I'm just I just don't want to do this. So I just thought, you know what, stuff it. I've got my new kit on because I got some kit for Christmas. I look like a real runner now. It's ridiculous. And um, so, <laughs> so I'm out there in my new kit and I'm going actually I'm going to walk slower then people will be able to see me and they'll be able to think there goes a runner <laughs> walking um, <laughs> so I, I, you know and I felt quite guilty about it but I think th- what what's happened here is you've taken the guilt away Marv which is great are you wearing high vis no I'm not to be honest no is that, you're not a real runner though? no I, I you're telling me you should see me run mate and then, you'll, then you'll brand me not a real
0: runner <laughs> <laughs> no I, mean, I always said so on the other day if, you know, if you've got your illuminous hat on and your top and you can't run just dance because it looks like a Zumba class <laughs> they all wear uh, like bright colours, We might make some money. Put a hat on the floor, start dancing. always up for making money. The world's
2: craziest silent disco. That would yeah, just be yeah. hilarious to see. Today, I'll be
1: dancing <laughs> around with a luminous hat on. Tomorrow, who knows? I may be in Amsterdam giving massages like you boys. Who
2: knows? It's funny, is it? Marv, you talk about if you want to run, you know, you want to do a marathon, then obviously you've got to get up and run. You have to do that. There's certain things that you have to do. Obviously, strength work's important and some other different types of fitness, which we touched on. So, cross-training, Marv, for those runners that want to jump on the bike or they want to jump on the elliptical trainer or the stepper they want to do something different to supplement their running have you got any tips and tricks I know you're an expert when it comes to biking you love it you're, you're a trainer for Watt Bike, which is a really good brand of bikes what's your, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that there's a lot of people buying bikes at the moment are there,
0: are there mistakes that people can make no there's not necessarily mistakes I mean there's a bit a bit geeky stuff knowing that you know like a, a Watt Bike's not the same as a spin bike or a gym bike okay so you're not going to get the same benefits from those as you would um with when it comes to things like cross trainers rowing machines those kind of things your aim on those are physical benefits trying to get your heart rate as high as you can okay so because they don't they don't necessarily measure a power output i mean some of them tell you it's power output but when it comes to sort of the speed of your legs uh, that's the, that's called your cadence and then the power that you're actually pressing through, you'd need a chain to do that. So a watt bike's a, a bike with a chain and a cog. I'll, I'll separate the two. When it comes to a watt bike, the reason why they're quite sort of renowned in this world of sport is because it's a chain. It's not a fixed, uh, quite a fixed hub. So, for example, if you go to a spin bike and you go up to it and push the pedals and you stand back, the pedals will still keep turning until momentum stops it. But if you look at the display, if it's one with the display on the posh ones, It will still tell you that you're doing, you know, 100 watts of power. Well, I'm not even on the bike. So if you go onto a watt bike and and push the pedal and then stand back, it will say zero because you're not applying any power. What a normal spin bike would do is it'd measure the speed that the pedal's moving around, and it would say, okay, if you go at this speed, it would probably be around this much power. It wouldn't necessarily matter about anything else, whereas a watt bike doesn't do that. So
2: talking about the speed that people pedal at, how quickly they... They turn those pedals. One thing I do notice, and I've been doing quite a bit of, of cross-training myself recently, I've I really, I really embraced it. I really love it. I've had a bit of a calf strain. Regular listeners to the to the show will know that. Uh, and while I'm coming out the other side now, I had to do a bit of bit of biking in the gym, and I quite enjoyed it. But I did notice that there's quite a lot of people in there. And of course, I don't know whether they're runners. I know that some of them are, by the way, because naturally they've got their race t-shirts on and wearing it with pride. But I noticed that people tend to have a really high resistance... And they're turning their legs really slowly, completely the opposite of what they want when they get out there and run. Do you see this yourself? Is this a mistake that you think people should
0: avoid? Yeah, it's like trying to run in a swimming pool. It's just, it, you're just trying to make it as hard as possible for you, but there's no real transfer or changeover into your actual running because your aim of running is to keep a fast leg movement for a long period of time. So training for a short period of time with a slow leg movement is the complete polar opposite, and it won't make you better at doing it. And these kind of common mistakes have been in most sports. You know, we see it all the time. You see it with cricket bowlers or baseball um, pitchers where they train with a heavier ball. And when it can, when you give them the actual weight of the ball they'd use in a game, then they won't be bowling any better. It'd be worse because they then condition the muscles to push and pull in the wrong areas. So they're actually giving themselves more of a problem because they're changing their own technique now. It's not going to help them. So you need to be able to channel your exercise into a more specific way if you are trying to improve it. And one of the things is keeping a fast leg pace and a turnover because, and that's what threshold's all about. It's about trying to keep your legs moving uh, with a relatively high output. And then what happens is you get fitter. You're still able to maintain that speed and the output But because you're fitter, your heart rate gets lower. So that's where the threshold comes in. It's the ability to put out power for a long period of time with a low heart rate. Have you got a number
2: that people perhaps that do some biking, whether they've got a bike in the garage or they're still going to a gym, have you got a number that's worth them kind of focusing on and keeping their revolutions per minute above? Is it kind of like a benchmark
0: where you think that would be useful? Yeah, there is, yeah. For me, I think most people need to be getting up to that 90 revolutions per minute as a minimum and trying to maintain that. And then I spoke to, not to, well, I won't name drop at all actually, it doesn't really matter who it is, but I spoke to a person that had won multiple gold medals. And I remember saying to her, what do you look, what's your training session like? She said, do a minute at, minute at 90, minute at 95, minute at 90, minute at 95. And she just got good at doing that because that's essentially what you're trying to do. What makes, you know I can run as fast as Mo Farah. Okay. It's a broad statement. Are you ready for this? But I can only do it for about two seconds. The difference is Mo Farah can run at that pace, for three hours. So what's the difference is he can sustain it for longer. See what I'm getting at with it. So when it comes to people on a bike, yes, I know you won't be able to go at 90 or a hundred revolutions per minute to begin with, but that's the whole point of it. You're trying to maintain that. And that's how you build your fitness and that's how you improve your threshold.
2: And that gives you something to work towards as well, doesn't it, Marv? So if you listen to this show and you're thinking, well, I don't have a fancy Watt bike, but actually I have access to one in the gym that's just the classic kind of electronic resistance. Well, just perhaps dr- drop that down a little bit and just focus on trying to get your RPM up, how quickly you turn your legs, because that's going to really help when you do get back out there running. And when we are able to race again in events, you'll have a great year. And that's that's what's important.
0: Another good hack there, just before we move on, is to when you're doing that, do it with your heart rate monitor on. So let's say you go on a bike and everything that I've just said's kind of gone over your head. So you just think, right, I'm going to go on the bike, I'm going to pedal. On a scale of one to 10, one being easy, 10 being hard, I'm going to pedal at about seven out of 10 for my level of fitness. Okay, so whatever that is, pedal at it, keep your heart rate on, monitor on, have a look at it. As soon as it starts to get to that top, sort of that m- mid to top zone, you know, get to around that 70 to 80%. So you might go into a different change colour zone depending on which brand of heart rate you've got. Have a look at your RPMs then. And then whatever that RPM level is, at revolutions per minute, that's the level that you want to be at. And what you do is do it, see if you can hold it for a sustained period of time. Now, most of the time we're trying this for about 10 minutes. And what, what you do is every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, you write down or you monitor what your heart rate is. And you just try and keep that. So it's a 10-minute heart rate assessment. So you've got 10 minutes of cycling at the same pace looking at your heart rate. And you'll be able to plot a graph from that. You'll be able to see whether it's staying the same, whether it's dropping, whether it's increasing. It has to be a long period of time because your heart has to adapt, your heart has to adapt to it. So get there for 10 minutes, measure it out, and then every two, three, even four weeks, redo the same test. Same speed, same resistance level, same 10-minute heart rate plot. Compare the two. And you'll see if your heart rate's dropping lower it means you're getting fitter and if it's staying the same, it's, you're plateauing.
2: What we'll do, we'll upload that exact protocol there, that test protocol that you mentioned there. So we'll upload that to the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Marv, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. What what are you planning this year training-wise? Have you got anything particularly in mind, any any specific goals? Or are you just training for your own wellness and seeing how things go?
0: It's definitely my own wellness. I know that um for the last sort of few years, I've had a rotator cuff injury, um, which weirdly I've overcome by a small man in a Chinese um, massage parlour in deep, deepest, darkest China.
1: There's always a massage story with you.
0: Well, <laughs> this is... A, it's a, I was in a place called Zhuhai and some guys I was working with said, do you want to come play basketball? I said, I can't, I've got this rotator cuff injury. And today so my weight had crept up to sort of 105 kilos at this point. So I just... Couldn't train. I mean, I couldn't run. Anything that's movement at the shoulder hurt. Couldn't hold a bar to squat. I couldn't hold weights to lift. I couldn't run. So I was very limited to what I was doing. I just sort of, I, like anyone, lost motivation with it. So they said, oh, go to that guy over the road. He fixed my back in one session. What do you mean he fixed your back in one session? I've done this long enough today. Anyway, I said, yeah, but if I go over there, I'm going to need you to come and translate and blah, blah. blah. He said, no problem. I'll take you over. So this fellow marches me over the road. This guy was, it was, I'm going to say it was Mr. Miyagi, but it was Mr Miyagi when he was in his thirties because he was like a younger looking version, but he's definitely going to look like him. <laughs> right. Now the next thing he did was a miracle because he started doing this sort of deep tissue massage. And I was going, look, I've seen osteopaths. I've seen physios. I've had um, scans. I've had MRIs. You know, they've told me it's inflammation. It's this, it's that, the scar tissue. I said, you won't be able to press it because it's my rotator cuffs inside the shoulder joint. Anyway, all of a sudden I'm, I'm on the roof like a cat. Because he's pushed something that's just absolute, so tender. You could never find it yourself. It was one of those places. So he's, he's talking to this guy next to me in Chinese. He said, how long you I him here for a week? He said, if you come every day, you can do it in about six sessions. I think he ain't going do that. Now, long story short, I had some money in a Chinese bank account because I used to live out there. And I was coming back home. I thought, I don't know if I'm going to come back. So I may as well use this, this money up in my bank account. It, to be honest, it worked out about 20 quid a session. So it was quite going rate. It was great. So he does this massage, and I'm thinking, this is weird. And he gets like, I call it snake blood. It looked like chili oil. It was rubbing on me. I'm thinking, that's going to stain my T-shirt. It didn't. Never going to wash this off. It did. Came straight off. And anyway, I thought, tomorrow morning I'm going to be so sore, because he's really pushing him where it hurts. I was fine the next day. Next thing here, he does acupuncture, pushes his needles in. He puts yeah. one of these heat lamps on my shoulder. So if you think acupuncture is metal needles, so he heats up the needles... But they're deep in the muscle. So now I've got a hot needle through my arm. It's being heated up with snake's blood on it. But we're not in tears anymore. We're tear free. We can all go there and have a
2: bit of a training session or something. Anyway, it?
0: long story short, I'll fix my shoulder.
2: Hey, that's good news. I said I was really hoping there was a good ending to the story, I'll Defies be honest.
0: everything. And when I, was, I had the at there, I was like, how could this be? I've been doing this for 20 years. I do massage. I know osteos. I know physios. He says, the difference between Eastern and Western medicine. We have methods that you don't know, vice versa. He said, you know, when you're over there, you'll go for a massage, you'll go for a treatment, and they'll say, you know, give it a, give it a week and come back, let the inflammation go down. He said, Whereas in in sort of Eastern medicine, he said, I want to get as much blood flow as I can to it quickly. Because it's injured, so it's the the, the circulation's reduced to it. Inflammation's there, and there's not as much blood flow. So he says he said, if I can keep getting as much blood flow to it as quick as possible that will then improve the circulation to your injury and get it moved on quicker. So, well, that's against everything you've learned at college, so fine, we'll give it a go, fixed it. And unlike Mr Miyagi, of course, you uh, you did
1: that, he did that for you, and he didn't even make you wax his car.
0: I wanted to paint his fence, though, when I got him. My shoulder was that good. <laughs>
2: Well, don't be offended, but when I'm next allowed a little trip to Amsterdam when we're no longer in tears, I don't think I'll be giving you a call. I'm going to be calling the 30-year-old Mr. Miyagi to come and fix me. You can be second on the list.
0: You have a phone. He's like Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> you have to go on the top of a, a cliff and you have to swing around uh, a big bit of string with like a, a whale bone on the end and it makes this <laughs> noise and it's like a call to action. And he's like, no, you'll come now, you'll come. And then you fly over
2: and he lets you in. Marv, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show.
0: All right, guys. Never
2: a dull moment, my friend. I'm sure we've motivated the pants off everybody listening to this show. If people want to catch up with you, of course, they can follow everything you're up to. You like to share tips, tricks, fitness things, your journey. That's at MarvinB360 on Instagram, I believe
0: it is yeah 360 all the way around awesome man listen have a great week catch up soon thanks for having me guys Running with Jake The podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation out every Wednesday never
2: miss an episode by subscribing now Seriously, I, I can't stop thinking about what you said earlier. It's really bothering me about the whole hair thing. I, I totally forgot about that. I cannot believe that I can't have my hair cut with Alistair on Thursday. It's blowing my mind. I mean, I'm doing these Bulletproof Live workouts that I mentioned to you. Saturday, 11am. I know. I've got to look the part. I can't have, like, a massive afro. You've got to have workout hair. You
1: really do. But the thing is, I guess, um, you know, obviously you've got the beard trimmer, which is fine. Um, if, uh, obviously, hair trimmers, times are tight. The podcast costs us money, all that. Co- i got an idea. I've got an idea. Uh, how about if you're listening right now and you've not yet paid for the podcast, but you're enjoying the podcast? It's like an honesty <laughs> box, Patreon. You see, how does that get round to this? I don't even know. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> All you need to do to make a little donation uh, to what we do because it does cost us money and it is tiring, man. Seriously, this is so t- this is so tiring. Um, then I'm sweating. I'm all sweating. You, sweat, sweat, absolutely sweating, and that is—I mean, Jake sweating, but he's not hairy. There's no doubt about it, except for on his head. Um, th- then uh, all you need to do, if you do want to give us some money, and Jake will be able to get a haircut that he he trims himself with a with a hair trimmer. Um, then just go to the website runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and click on the Patreon link. Okay, we better
2: take another one of your questions. It is hashtag Ask Jake and in today's episode it's all about the off-road because Sonia has dropped me a message asking how she can improve her speed, her pace when running off-road. Now, the obvious kind of response to this question normally, Sonia, is for me to throw different structured training sessions at you that can develop your physiological capabilities and therefore your pace. But actually, I'm going to come at things today from a slightly different angle and give you something interesting to think about. One way to get quicker off road is to improve your ability to read the ground and read the ground more quickly because when you're running off road it's all about confidence and foot placement so that you're balanced it does take practice and you have to do it carefully but if you can improve your ability to read the ground more quickly you'll be far more balanced you'll be far more agile and you'll be able to skip across the terrain which will increase your pace without actually focusing on increasing your fitness if you've got a running question, whatever the topic may be, it's hashtag Ask Jake. Or, of course, you can drop us an email at podcast at So if you're not feeling more motivated after listening to today's episode, we are giving up. We're going to shut up shop, and I'm sure that is not the case. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. Don't forget, we will be back here next week, so you never miss an episode. All you need to do is hit the little subscribe button on your mobile app and follow me on Facebook, Running With Jake. 11am, Saturdays, it's bulletproof live workouts, maximum of 30 minutes, all levels of ability. Let's get you moving, get you feeling good. We will smash 2021, no matter what the world throws at us. See you next week. Oh, and one more thing. I feel the need, the need for speed. And on next week's episode of Running With Jake.
1: You often don't realise when you're sort of normally and well hydrated because you just crack on, but when you are badly behind on it, it will knock you on on your backside, really. You'd never advocate for deliberately sending people out dehydrated to learn a lesson, but I doubt there's a runner out there who hasn't learnt some of these lessons the hard way, and sometimes that is the best teacher for you. Running With Jake, the podcast.
0: We're out.